Welcome to the Billboard Mastery Podcast, where you will learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, select the construction type, build, rent the ad space, and operate billboard signs. And now, here is your host, the guy that built from scratch the largest privately owned billboard company in Dallas-Fort Worth, Frank Rolfe. There's an old saying that you need money to make money, and it's partially true, but billboards give you the opportunity in some formats to make money with no money, obtaining leases and permits and selling those off. But if you want to buy or you want to build a billboard, there's no question it will require some form of capital. So how do you get that capital? That's the focus of today's Billboard Mastery Podcast is all about how to find the capital to build and buy billboards. Let's start off with the first source, the easy one, the obvious one, and that's your own capital. So if you have some money in the bank, well, you can definitely jump into the game. A lot of options you can do at prices that are substantially lower than any other form of real estate. You can buy old abandoned signs, old eight-sheet signs, various signs like that for as little as $500, thousand dollars and you can build wooden telephone pole signs typically for about two or three grand and and then of course the price can go up substantially if you get up into the monopole signs those can be fifty thousand even a hundred thousand dollars but again most people have some money laying around checking account savings account somewhere so even if you don't have a lot of money you may well have enough capital to get into the billboard game but what do you do once you've exhausted your own capital that was the easy easy answer is the money you've got but what else can you do Well, the next thing you can do is friends and family money. What's friends and family money? Well, just that. Your parents, your grandparents, somebody that you know who wants to invest in something new and different that actually makes a good rate of return. So how do you structure those loans? How do you work with a friend or family member? Well, you tell them what you're trying to do. Trying to invest in billboard signs. Tell them exactly what it will cost. Tell them you want to see if they want to invest the money, if they want to invest in you, loan you the money to go ahead and buy that sign or build that sign or build or buy a group of signs. Now, what they're going to want to hear is a couple items. Number one, what they get as far as a return on their money that's often called a preferred return. Now, it can be anything you want. There's no law on it. It's fully negotiable. A lot of times a preferred return on a friends and family loan might be, you know, 6% to probably 10% interest on the loan. And then they should also get a split of the profits. Again, that's completely up to you how you put that together. It might be 50-50, might be 30-70, 60-40. There's no law on that. It's whatever you can negotiate. So the way it works is if you have friends and family money, they put in the money. Let's say they put in $10,000. And let's say the preferred rate of return was 10%. So for their $10,000, you'd pay them back $1,000 a year in interest and then They also get a percentage of the profit that the sign generates. And of course, they're still owed the $10,000. Now, if you want to get it where they put in $10,000 and you pay them $1,000 each year and 10 years later, you owe them nothing, that's between you and them. But typically, that's more of a family situation where the person's not trying to make any money. The average person is going to need interest because if they put that $10,000 in something else, CD at the bank, a treasury bill, a stock, a bond, they would get a rate of return and still get their $10,000 back. Now, the next option would be a self-directed IRA. That's another function of friends and family, perhaps. So what you have here is you've got people who have kind of patient money through IRAs. Many Americans have IRAs. IRAs are very, very prevalent 
as an investment vehicle, but it's very patient money because people can't use their IRAs until they reach a certain age. As a result, people can't tap into those for typical things they want to do. So it's what they call very patient money. It's money that's there. They can't utilize it. There's a set timer at the end based on their age before they even have access to it. And they're just trying to get a good rate of return. So it's back to friends and family again, but it's an option they may not think of, which is would they want to invest part of their IRA into billboards? Now, you can't invest an IRA into billboards, but you can invest a self-directed IRA in any number of investments of which, to my knowledge, billboards are fully allowed. You're not allowed to invest with art or collectibles with an SDIRA, but that's about the limitation. There's a handful of items. Read read how SDIRA laws work before you do it, but people can typically convert an IRA to a self-directed IRA at a price of around $500, which is not that much money. And since it's very patient money, people are more than happy to invest in new and different things just in search of a return. Many things out there today don't pay a very good return. CDs only pay about 1%. Treasuries pay about 1% or 2%. That's less than the rate of inflation. So if you can offer them something that plays, let's say, 8%, well, that's about eight times more per year than a CD would make. So a self-directed IRA, known as an SDIRA, is one more option of friends and family investing. Now let's move on to the next option, which is to get a bank loan. So how do you get a bank loan to build a billboard? Well, it can be somewhat difficult, but it can well be worth the effort. Let me tell you my first billboard loan. I went to a small bank in Dallas to get my first billboard loan. I went to a loan officer at the bank and explained I was going to start building billboards. And I explained to them the value of the billboard and why it was a good thing for the bank to make a loan on. Because when I built that sign, the various parts of that sign had value. And the value of the sign when I got it done was more than the cost of the parts. So I would explain to them if I built a sign for $10,000 and rented it out, that sign, because as an income property, might be worth twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, but they were only going to finance $10,000. I must have been good enough at explaining it to the officer. He decided to give it a whirl. He thought he would do one small loan just to see if I could make the payments on it, which I did. So, as you can imagine, I went back to them and I did it over and over and over again. I did it over again so many times, I eventually exceeded the entire bank loan limit of the bank. Bank back then had a loan limit of about $500,000, and over the years, the total sum of my debt exceeded $500,000, all done in little increments of one sign at a time. It really shocked the loan officer, of course. He never dreamed it would grow to that big of an empire, so... Ultimately, when I exceeded that, I had to go find another bank, a bank that could give me an even larger loan limit, kind of like the limit on a charge card. I had to change over from a Visa to an American Express card. Once again, was able to pull it off by simply explaining to the bank how safe their money was, because every time I bought or built a sign, the value of that sign was far in excess of what I was borrowing from the bank, so there's really no way they could lose. And in the end, I was completely correct. Never missed a payment. Bank made plenty of money. They were very, very, very happy. So if you've never done a bank loan, it's not a bad thing to do. It really sharpens your skills. Makes you really hone your business plan. Teaches you a lot about talking to people. And the great thing about banks are, is once you get in the door, once you've got a successful loan going, they're kind of easy to do more with. You see a lot of banks, what they like to do is they like relationships. They like to get to know borrowers. They, they somehow feel a borrower that they know well is a lot better than one that they don't know. So a borrower in hand is worth many borrowers in the bush. So it's well worth your time to get that relationship going with a bank. Now, I will tell you, if you're going to do it, do like I did. I would go to a small bank 
one that only has maybe one branch or a couple branches with a small banker who's a lot easier to get to know and a committee that's more open to doing crazy things. You will not have that much success if you go to a big bank because you'll say, well, I don't want to get involved in billboards. And besides that, one of the problems with billboards are since they don't cost a lot of money, it's hard to really attract larger banks who like to make really, really big loans. Now, the last item as far as to get capital to do billboards is only if you wanted to build a giant portfolio. And that would be doing what's called a Reg D 506. This is under the JOBS Act, which stands for Jumpstart Our Business Startups. Started there in the Obama administration. It allows you to underwrite really large capital raises. You also may know of this concept as crowdfunding. It's an exemption through the SEC to the Securities Act of 1933. It's really fascinating stuff. If you've never looked at it, you might Google up Reg D-506 or the JOBS Act. They're not cheap, however. To do a Reg D is going to cost you about $15,000 to do it. But for that $15,000, you might be able to go out and raise millions of dollars of capital. There is a huge amount of American business today that the capital comes from Reg D 506s, even though they didn't even exist not that long ago. So it's definitely an interesting route, but only if you're trying to really grow gigantic. If you're not going to become a gigantic portfolio of billboards, it's probably a whole lot easier to stick with friends and family and bank lending. But if you want to go the extra mile, if you want to build something huge, then a Reg D 506 is probably your best option. The bottom line is there's lots of different ways to get capital to build signs. If that's what you're trying to do, don't be shy. Put together a business plan. Talk to people. Typically, you're going to find the capital you need, and that capital is going to jumpstart your career as a billboard investor. This is Frank Roth with the Billboard Mastery Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Billboard Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at www.billboardmastery.com, where you can find past episodes of this show, plus an array of information to help you successfully build, buy, and operate billboard signs.